You can't stop playing with it? Oh my. Okay. I can't. Okay. It's gonna get worse the longer it gets. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the original breakthrough thought was Hold on, I'm gonna move this, it's gonna make noise. Okay. The original breakthrough thought was that we relax and go to sleep and enjoy the sounds of birds screaming for sex. <laughs> Fuck I'm, me! I'm so relaxed! Ah. My eggs are gonna drop any minute! Someone get a dick up in this bitch! <laughs> I need to be fucked and inseminated! Jesus Christ! Fertilize me! Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Oh, Jesus! <laughs> But then um, you said, wait a minute. So when Fiona in Shrek sings to that bird and it explodes, is she basically mind-fucking it to death? Instead of the high-pitched whistle, she's mind-fucking it to death. And then I said, well, then does that make the Pied Piper a zoophile? I guess it would, yeah. He's a BDSM zoophile, because, especially the Shrek one, because he has the flute that tunes into any animal or magical being's frequency to magically control. And then I thought, snake charmers! <laughs> like, are these all just people that have tuned into how to get an animal to perform because it might get the promise of sex and it's basically mind-fucking bestiality kind of a thing? For some reason it makes me think of the men who stare at goats. <sighs> Terrible movie. Yeah, but you know, like, the concept? Yeah, Tainted goats yeah. are a real thing. I know. And the the concept that mm -hmm. it was based on, that was a whole thing in the CIA. So, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, were they, honest to God, trying to develop ways to mind-fuck animals and things like that, but literally fuck? Like, but well, no, apparently, the Pied Piper was a zoophile, a yeah. BDSM zoophile, whose specialty was rats that he would get to be complete submissives as he domed. Jesus. That is a fucking weird-ass thought to have. That needs to be an adult swim show now. It does. It really does. <laughs> See, we do this so many times, though. We get stoned and we have amazing thoughts and then we go nowhere. Except I'm sober. Still. They're still stoned thoughts. You don't have to be stoned to be a stoner. I guess. But still. Like, what the fuck? What... Was like, that that's what just... I think of all shower thoughts. Okay, yeah. They're kind of like stoner Because it kind of almost gets you to that relaxed Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's I almost like it. you're like getting high. I can see that. Especially if it's really hot Yeah, water. you don't have to be stoned to have stoner thoughts. But yeah, like if you're sitting there in the fucking shower having all those weird ass like, what the fuck revelations. Yeah, that's usually what's going on. But yeah, I mean, does that... And I'm asking this again because of the recording, so I remember later... Does that mean that fucking Shrek was making some very, very off-the-cuff intellectual jokes that nobody caught because they didn't research enough or they weren't smart that enough? That or they were going for just the actual joke and we made it more intellectual than it is. One or the other. But yeah, that's what's basically going on. Either they made a really intelligent, backhanded kind of joke... Or they made a basic, simple joke, and we made it more intellectually funny by adding in a different perspective than what it originally was. 
God damn. Which actually happens a lot in comedy, because sometimes we don't know why it's funny until later. True. It's just funny. Yeah, because comedy gets through to your subconscious first. Yeah, like comedy, like, and, and that's why, like, even when it gets offensive and your politically correct side wants to be like, da 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 it's still playing to your prejudices on your subconscious mind whether you know it or not. And we've scientifically proven that. You can literally be the most active trying to be as non-racist as possible. And that goes for any race. Yeah. Like, you could be trying to do that as a white person, black person, Asian person, Mexican, whatever. doesn't matter. We, when, But our brains automatically, when we see people that have different characteristics and skin colors than us, it immediately has an isolationist uh, effect on the human brain, whether we want to recognize that consciously or not. They've proven it scientifically. We just do not trust people that don't look like us. Yeah, I mean, that's, It's an that's evolutionary true. thing. So it's like, stuff like that, like, we don't understand why something offensive may be funny other than just being offensive. Because it's playing to parts of our brains that we don't even know or understand yet. We're still on the fucking verge of that shit. We can't always explain why it's funny, but it is funny. So maybe it was just, they made the joke it was funny, and then we figured out one of the ways that it might be funny to the subconscious. I mean, Jesus, it's fucking, it's weird to think about, though. Going back, because, like... Let's say they did make a really intelligent joke, right? Well, who the fuck writing Shrek is smart enough to make that specific joke? Because that doesn't seem like a joke that everybody will understand. Au contraire. <clears throat> a lot of the people that are involved in these kinds of kid animations, the reason why they were involved in these kind of animations and doing that kind of shit mm -hmm. is because... You're, you're, you're forgetting that with the 90s came that really weird purity culture. True. So, most of the blockbuster movies had to be put in kind of like a genre. And if you were going to do a genre of animation back in the day, it was going to be children or family oriented. Adult yeah. animation didn't become a thing. I mean, even the original, what we, like now we think of Superman and things like that as adult animation because the kids that get into it were they're, they're 50 years old now you know yeah, that's, and, and, that's and that kind of a thing but technically even then those cartoons were made for children Disney things like that they had a conglomerate on the, on the market for the longest time so if you wanted to have something be a dirty or a funny or whatever offensive joke you had to find an intelligent under the radar way to sneak it into a movie and they literally, it, this has actually been proven before with a lot of different people talking, and Disney specifically. Disney animators, because originally Walt Disney was extremely one-minded. Yeah. And, and kind of so, super racist in a way. Yeah. yeah. So all of these animators that came to work for him and shit like that literally competed amongst themselves who could slip in the biggest, dirtiest joke without getting caught and with the mainstream buying it and not noticing it. That's why if you get all of the original Disney VHSs, you'll find all kinds of disgusting things in the animation. Have you ever gone through and actually looked at them? Yes. Like, like the, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, like the, worst the ones. dick on the front. Yeah, the dick on the very front of the cover of the Little Mermaid, the dick that like if it, one of my favorite ones, they they haven't even removed it from the DVD versions. It, it's maintained, and it's in The Little Mermaid. It's right near the end, the reverend, 
as he's marrying them. Has an erection. I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah, I, there, there are little things all through. The Little Mermaid is one of the very first ones, and it has some of the dirtiest undercover stuff. But you have to get the original VHS to see all of it, because eventually Disney realized what was going on, because the people like confessed and stuff like that. So when they did the digital remaster, uh, twenty five anniversary, like yeah, DVDs they took a lot like of that, it out. They took almost all of it out. But the one that has survived in Little Mermaid through all of their stuff, they haven't changed it to this day, is that. Because there used to be all kinds of... There were penises in the temple in the animation. There were... Like, her tits were bigger. There were all kinds of fucking things. Now, what the fuck? But that's not the... Where's the other one? Because he's literally standing there and you see it. There it is. Jesus. What the fuck? I mean, mm-hmm. bro, are your clergy gowns too tight? <laughs> yeah, the, there are all I'm sorry, was of... there an eight-year-old child there? <sighs> Fucking pedophile. Yeah, the, the, the crows were really racist. All yeah. the drugs references in that one. Yeah. The red men. Uh... Yeah, the Asians. For some reason, I'm having really weird, like, memories right now that I don't think I've had in a long time. But fucking, for some reason, I remember something about watching the Aristocats when I was a kid. Yeah. And seeing, like, tits somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't remember fully, but... Yeah, almost all of the Disney movies have incredibly racist and incredibly disgusting shit in them. One of my favorites that I still kind of laugh to is, a. Uh, in The Lion King, um, when he is standing there on the thing and he comes up and he's uh, looking at the sky trying to talk to his dad and then he collapses on the hill and all the stuff goes out into the st- stars and then it goes to the, the baboon, the stuff in the... If you watch carefully, when, it all, when he flops and he go, it goes up into the sky, it forms the word sex. I think I remember that. There's another one in Winnie the Pooh where the the tree behind the tr- where he gets stuck in in rabbit's hole or whatever eating the honey. Yeah. There's a tree in the background that's shaped like a dick. That's interesting. And see, people wonder why it is that our generation is so desensitized to things like sex and all this graphic imagery and shit like that. Well, it's because when we were kids, it was snuck into everything. And we had to actually notice it if we wanted to catch all the details of what we were watching. Well, to a degree, but most people have kind of, you know, a lot of people don't didn't know about it until it became kind of an internet thing. Before the internet, it wasn't a big deal. A lot of kids didn't notice it, and that's why it was getting, they were getting away with it for so fucking long. Before yeah. Disney finally kind of... It took 25 years to get to that point. They, and they used to literally compete with each other for who can get the most subversive stuff in there. A, to get it in the film under Walt Disney's nose. Mm-hmm. But then B, to get the fucking public to be like, this is the greatest family film ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's whole and levels of it, honey. On top of that, I think it's important to factor in that... I'm sorry, my brain is in full podcast mode right now. But anyways, I think it's important to factor in that parents, whether they knew it or not, were in one form or another giving their kids drugs fucking constantly. Well, yeah, that's actually kind of... Yeah, now you've got me into podcast mode. 
before because now I'm thinking Joe Rogan-ish and it's, yeah, he's talked about stuff like this before but it's like, this generation of kids is the first generation of human beings that has been tied to a screen since day one. Yes. And when you think about it, that's a drug. It is. It's just as much of a drug as anything else. I mean, it's constant stimulation that the brain gets used uh-huh. to and totally functions differently on some levels. And it's like, yeah, we as kids were totally raised by television sets. But you could only do that so much. Yeah. Because not every household had a TV. Not every kid had a phone. Yeah. Not everybody had access to everything. And you still had to go to school. You still had your church activities, your after-school activities, all the stuff that they used to do to keep us busy as kids. They don't do a lot of that stuff anymore. These kids aren't going to church. These kids aren't going to these activities. And even in the classrooms, like the eight hours a day that they're at school... Now they've each got their own phone, and they're using laptops. Like, kids now are almost required to have a laptop to get through middle school. Yeah. That is totally unheard of from where we came from. Not So that's a me. whole nother fucking level of... Not, not like, even in rich schools, you could have your own laptop and stuff like that. But not to the point where every kid has to have one to fucking graduate. Because they have to learn all that, that shit. No, but that's a private school. Yeah. That's not normal school, sweetie. Yeah, the yeah the, where the rest of us come from in the real world. No, that's bullshit. I know. But fucking, here's here's a big reason that I think that our generation and even the younger generations now get so offended by everything. It's because whenever you have a phone 24-7, your brain automatically associates your reward centers with different things on the actual device. So you're constantly releasing dopamine. So say this... I I refer to them as the Tumblr generation. I know you do. But fucking... I'm sorry, I don't know the proper term, but... Anyways. Whenever you're constantly (laughs) sharing things that make you feel good, that's fine. But whenever you're tied to a screen 24-7 and you're seeing things that activate your reward centers, you tend to think that everything should be handed to you on a plate in a way. I totally disagree with that. In that, in the aspect of... Okay. Because I had kids, and me included, who we were not only raised by TV sets, but we were the technologically inclined, we're the gamer kids kind of a thing. And yeah, while some of us have problems, especially with the addiction side of it, I would not say that that created an entitlement culture out of us. I would say that that created a conscious culture out of us, because... While we may expect happiness more in a certain level, we're also expecting a different kind of happiness. Yeah, that's true. We're not expecting the same thing that every other generation had in mind. We don't even think of the whole nuclear family thing as being a goal anymore. Yeah. So happiness to us is totally different. And I think everything in what you're talking about is really relative. Okay. Very vague. Like, like, you can say that about a whole generation, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced of that because kids from my generation who were just as bad as the kids of today, usually they're not the entitled type. They're the kinds like Joe. Yeah. They're not entitled at all. They work hard for everything they have, but they're also the generation, I think, that their souls got murdered. I mean, possibly. And then this souls or this generation souls are getting murdered. The, the, see, I, I, okay. This this ties kind of into some of my theology about life too, because when you think about it, 
our parents, their generations, all these people, what did they have that kept the, the only form of things that kind of kept them grounded and moral and functioning was religion. Unfortunately, a lot of books were done in the name of religion as well. But let's be honest. If you take away all spirituality and remove all aspects of that along with the religion, you remove the human experience. Massive mental illness. Massive, like, mental brain problems on generational levels. <coughs> Alright, and when I say that our souls were killed, it's not just that, you know, we realize that God is dead or whatever. Also, the generation before us, they thought that man will destroy all man. Yeah. You know, bombs, wars, that kind of thing. We've got that and knowing that the worst case scenario isn't man kills all man. It's man kills all life. Yeah. It's man kills planet. I mean, we don't have that much longer here. It's true. And our generation is the first one that on a majority level, I would say, reached that consciousness. I know. And when you get to that point and you realize my parents and grand enough about themselves or me to put all this bullshit aside and function, they've doomed us. What are we supposed to do? You know, yeah, we're coming up with all great innovative ways to live and all sorts of stuff as a survival technique and shit, but that's a lot to fucking deal with on a conscious level as children across generations. Those generations had nothing like this to even think about. The worst things they, they, they could picture were like natural disasters and man destroys all man through method of war and bomb and, and things like that. And then our generation came along and was like, oh no, we're going to do all that. And destroy all life. The entire planet. Nobody's getting off this rock alive kind of a thing. Because we're so fucking stupid. That's a lot to put on a bunch of kids. And then to say, you got to get us out of this. And, and while trying to maintain this entire capitalistic bullshit system that got us here. How did they expect any of us to not literally, as children, crawl into bed and pull fucking covers over our heads and cry and starve ourselves on some levels? Because how else do you go on knowing that fucking humanity is a virus that is killing everything, not just each other? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's kind of a big thing that I think most people don't realize. I don't think that technology and that constant stimulation is to blame for whether we feel entitled or whether we act entitled. I think it's you people acted entitled to the point you destroyed the entire goddamn planet and I didn't ask to be born. So I'm gonna enjoy what I fucking can before we all burn. And I'm not gonna fucking say sorry for it and regret it. I think that's kind of where our generation and the fuck you attitude of it comes from that pisses people that, no offense, you do come from a cons conservative ideology, theology. I realize that, and I'm trying to change as much of it as I can. Like, I realize how, if you can excuse the term, fucked up. No, I know. It is. But that's why I'm trying to, like, tell you. Like, in my head, it's not that we're all entitled. 
in my head, it's that we all had to grow the fuck up when we were five or six. And then we've been doing nothing but being told how every way we've learned to cope, how every way we've learned to experience or enjoy life is wrong. And yeah. destroying the way of life when it's not. Yeah, I know. Because, like, fucking... Yeah, the whole okay. millennials are entitlement generation. I think that's a fucking propagandist bullshit. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're all entitled. What I'm saying is that... But you... When you were talking about how that, that it creates that... That's where they get entitlement. Is that exact same belief that you were just describing. That's okay. where they get that we're all entitled. Is because we have that... Well, we have to be happy all the time. No, we're, we don't have to be happy. We just wish that we could get to basic, simplistic happiness. And not have it kill us or the people around us. That's what it is. I mean, I wasn't actually going for the whole entitlement thing. What I was actually going to say was, whenever you do that and you expect certain things, like, let's say, you release dopamine so much every single day in your brain, it's just going to take more to get you to feel better. And after a while, nothing will get you to feel better. So From you that to, same source to yeah. degree, yes. But that's also the beauty of the internet to me, is because, yeah... You would have that, but, like, the internet is the one stimulus mm -hmm. on this planet that we can't quite measure yet, because there has been no other stimulus like it. I realize, but it's I... It's ever-morphing, ever-changing, ever... So it's like, yeah, I, I understand exact. Honey, stop looking at me like that, please. I just can't finish my thought. Can I that? What I was going to say is, no, I don't think we're entitled. I think we're all pissed off. Yeah, that's not what I was getting to. I was getting to what you were talking about. But go on. Please? You're talking about the dopamine, and then eventually it doesn't affect... Well, that's how it works with every other stimulus that we've had scientific data to study. Yes. Because every other stimulus that we've had up until now doesn't change to that degree. The internet encompasses everything. All the knowledge, all the music, all the video, all the everything. Yeah. Sure, if one stimuli on the internet eventually doesn't work for you because of the dopamine rush, it's like porn. You just move on to the next genre of porn. Until it gets more extreme, yeah. And then you move on to the next one. But like that, that's what I'm saying. The internet doesn't end. Whereas most stimulus in the world would. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're saying that the, the dopamine... that And that's true. If To everything that we've ever had before and been able to study, that's totally true. That there's a finite level of dopamine hits you can get out of this. Before your brain kind of overloads or whatever. And you can pace yourself or you can make it so you're numb to it. But the internet is the one thing that we've never had anything like that, that it's constantly changing, constantly moving, constantly building. There's no end to it. And because it's limitless, we have to look that maybe the stimulation side, while maybe being a, a cyclical thing like you're describing, maybe it doesn't have end either. And maybe that stimulation doesn't have end either. That's where a lot of these movies, like Wally, where it talks about these people that are literally like, because maybe that stimulation gets to the level that it just never ends. Because there's always something new to move on to. 
Of course, what I'm scared of is... <clears throat> and I know that this probably isn't possible. I know it's probably an unrealistic fear. But at least I recognize that. But fucking, what I'm worried about is desensitization due to the internet creating more psychopaths. Or more sociopaths. <coughs> yeah, that's been proven that that's already been... The level of psychopaths and sociopaths in the last... 20, 30 years has skyrocketed. The problem with the data on that one, though, too, is that before we barely even knew how to define, let alone diagnose, once we actually found one. Unless they were extreme in their behaviors, like killers, rapists, things like that. Yeah. Some sociopaths are, you know, Clinton level. Yeah, They're perfect true. models of society. They contribute and do everything right. Just, they're just total sociopaths. So it's like, I think that it's not only that we're increasing steadily the number that we're producing, I think it's also that we're discovering the real numbers of diagnosable people that have it. I so I, I don't think that we're going to be able to get to the real science of that kind of stuff for another 10 or 15 years. I mean, if you want to see one possibility of where I think society could end up, if that's a thing, I'll fucking watch Psychopaths with you. Because I think that's a total possibility. Because that's what it's all about, is, like, extreme connection creating people being more desensitized and having to detect whenever they're going to actually commit a crime. And that sort of thing. Right, but I, again, I, I, I guess I just have a really weird brain because I hear that yeah. and my brain immediately wants to rebel against it in a sense and be like well it goes off in a bunch of different directions like one half of me is like well the if everybody's rebelling to an extreme cause then at that point the ultimate uh, act of rebellion it would be to be like a Buddhist monk and do nothing and be a complete pacifist <laughs> that would be the ultimate act of rebellion in that kind of sense so would that redefine the sense of rebellion and then shift it back towards like the way that we shift slowly towards nice age and then we shift slowly towards heating would it be like that that we've shifted so long towards being psychopaths and once everyone's a psychopath we slowly start to go back to like this version of complete pacifist Christians like I mean it's entirely that's, possible that's one level that my brain goes off and then the other level my brain goes off is okay that's interesting, but then how do we define crime? Because every generation and every community and every kind of people is going to define crime differently according to its own terms. Yeah. We can't even agree on ten basic laws. Ten basic laws don't steal. There are times when it's ethical to kill. There are times when it's ethical to steal. There yeah. are times when it's ethical to do all kinds of things. So what are we basing that crime on? Is it based on the malicious intent to hurt others, well, does that at some point end up being justified by human emotion? How are we defining crime in that sense and the changing and the nature of crime? But that's my brain taking a statement and needing to take it apart and look at all no, every single aspect of it to make sure that it's concrete. That's actually a very good point. We can see that kind of happening already. I mean, look at it. We fucking... Over the past ten years, let's take weed for example. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. Guess what just happened in Denver today? Yeah, they legalized mushrooms, I saw. That is so awesome! I know, fucking... I'm so pumped! I know. 
But, yeah, let's take something like weed. In the past 10 years, it went from never going to happen to a few states to most states. And now in November, they're talking about voting for total legalization across the board. Oh, yeah. Once enough of the states turned, it became a bad... Because that was the entire... I knew it was going to end up like that. The entire battle of legalization wasn't about whether we could legalize it in one place or whether we could maintain it or whatever. Because our country country works on a completely different scale than any other country in the world. And and it's how I've explained it to you before. It's because we cover so much land with so many people under one banner. I mean, you take England and things like that, and each state is its own country with its own sovereignty, with its own government, with its own thing. Its own accents, its own government systems, its own way of handling it, all of it. Its own currency, yeah. Yeah, all of it. So that, in in that sense, that's how that area is able to even work on some levels, because when you do that, you're more community-based than national-based. But then you come over here, and it's every state is more like... A a really interesting way of putting it would be uh, one of my Asian friends that I grew up with during the summers... He kind of explained it in a way that he had thought about it, which was when he was in his country thinking about it, Japan has way more fucking people than we do. Yeah. But they're really, really, really small. Yeah. So to him, thinking about America, it was almost like every state was more like a city. And then every city was more like a town, and every town was more like a podunk. Okay. I can actually Because see we're it that so way. big. Yeah. When you actually think about it, no, 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 no. I mean, we're not the absolute biggest state is its own country. Yeah. Technically, under one banner. Texas. 50 of them. Texas is bigger than England. Mm hmm. Yeah, I told you that last day. Yeah, Texas is bigger than England. Think about that. Florida is almost the same size, but it's even bigger <laughs> And, like, still. yeah, we have our entire one big country or whatever that's divided into sections, but then those sections are divided into sections. Yeah. Which are divided into sections. Which are divided into sections. <laughs> so, like, no, it's not like that. It's, it's, there's incredible ways to, and this, the way the system's been uh, worked up now with the gerrymandering and things like that, yeah. that's why it do, the democracy doesn't work anymore and we're in an oligarchy because it's no longer a true democracy. And it's not yeah. based on community anymore, it's based on nationality, which is where we have the problem. That exactly. developed because of the FED and the Federal Reserve and changing our bank system and our monetary system. Once that changed... Our entire system became an oligarchy, uh, oligarchy and became susceptible to abuse and to really, really bad problems, which is why we're at the point that we're at today. But when we look at the vastness of it, it's insane to think about. So, it used to be never, never going to happen. And then it was a couple of states had it, and then it was, well, it's still never going to happen. I always knew that the fight was going to be where the pendulum swings on it. If you can get enough people behind something, but not just numbers of people, because you can have all the people in cities agreeing, but if you have all the people in towns not agreeing, then you're going to do something like elect Donald Trump because of the disproportions of society as opposed to land, state, nationality. So. Yeah, because that's the thing. If everybody's special, nobody's special. No, 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 no. That's not not what I'm saying. I'm saying population density. 
Yeah. If you have, Sorry, like, like let's let's, let's take Utah. Yeah. Let's let's cut out uh, above Cedar City. Okay. If you were to think about Utah above Cedar City, the entire place is towns with one big city. Yeah. Yeah, you have Provo. Yeah, you have a. But those are all more like little cities clumping onto the big one. So you technically have one city and then a bunch of towns. That one city is the gayest, one of the most progressive cities on the planet. Yeah. Our state is one of the reddest. Yeah. Because the population density doesn't matter. Of course everybody in the city gets it because they all have to live together next to each other and deal with each other every day and they have to learn how to make it work. But you can have two million people believing something in a city and have equal two million people all over this area, though. And because they cover more land, they get more votes, they get more say, they get more power. Because they cover more land. And in our country, that matters for some reason. Because of the gerrymandering and the way that our district's set up. So... It doesn't matter if everybody in the city wanted to legalize weed. What would matter are the small towns where these actual fucking power votes kind of thing are. If you can sway enough of those people, then eventually it swings from being a liberal leftist idea to being a middle moderate idea and that's where the change happens which is if you can get that pendulum to swing past halfway to where the majority is eventually there's about a 20 to 30 percent of this side that'll go along with it just so they don't have to argue about it anymore at that point that was the only way it was going to win yeah which is why it's impressive that it did win in the first place yeah, and that it's still going. Because then once it got to that point, now we're to the point where we know eventually it doesn't matter how fi- hard we fight on this, it will be the law of the land. It will. Just like abortion. They're fighting abortion and they're taking back and they're doing restrictions and all this stuff. That's nice. But Roe v. Wade has been law of the land for decades. And you can even overturn that at the fucking Supreme Court. It'll just take us another goddamn however many fucking years we have to to get it back to where it was. Because once it's solidified that much into political narrative and personal experience, and then they combine, it's almost like a deadly combination. Like, it's just not going to happen. You can't yeah, sit there and be like, oh, pro-life, pro-life. Like, no, I, that doesn't work. I gotta say this, in case I do wind up turning this into a podcast and people hear it, the fucking... This is just a side note. If fucking... If you're a guy, right? <laughs> Your vote on abortion should always be yes. Let them choose because you have no say and no concept. Oh my god! Of what thank they're going you, God. For. That's kind of what I'm getting so pissed off about right now with that new ban that they just fucking did. They yeah. are honest to God trying to get abortion so hard in this country, and I'm sitting here like, you people are the dumbest fucks. You don't study your own goddamn history because if yeah. you did, you'd know. Even if you were able to make abortion. Bad, 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 legal, illegal, illegal, the worst, Mm -hmm. worst, 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 worse than any drug, worse than any murder, whatever, whatever, whatever. That can still change the narrative of reality, you dumb fuck. You can change it with all the propaganda and all the religion and all the feelings in the world. 
but it's not go when it comes down to people, women sitting in a fucking doctor's office making a decision. It's not gonna matter because at that point, that flies out the window once real life hits you. Yeah, it definitely. Politics does. is everything that happens that isn't happening to you. Yeah, that it's just politics. When it happens to you, your mind radically changes. Radically changes fast. So don't give me that fucking shit. You can, you know, make it as flowery and whatever as you want. You can make the, you can try and brainwash the girl as much as you want. When she gets to that moment, it's gonna be down to her. It's gonna be her life, and half of your bullshit's gonna fly out the fucking window in the face of reality. I've been there. I know what that fucking feels like. And until you have been in that situation, you can't fucking understand it. If you can't fucking understand it, then you don't get to fucking legislate it. Especially not to other people who understand it better than you do. Exactly. And besides that, no man should be telling any woman no about anything to do with her body. Oh, exactly. Like, I heard the most ridiculous thing. Did you hear the... No, of course you didn't. There was a CNN fucking video where for out of nowhere, some conservative asshole, I think it was two days ago, decided that they were going to argue about abortion. And decided that he was going to argue, specifically saying that, well then, if... Because, okay, one of the bills that just got passed that is so heinous is a heartbeat bill. I heard about that. Heartbeat bills make it so that... If it has a heartbeat, then... Viable it's heartbeat. Yeah. There's a difference between an actual heartbeat and viable heartbeat. Yeah. When you actually go in and they do the thing, in order to get a viable heartbeat, it only has to be so many twitches. Yeah. And like, that doesn't even have to be a yeah. heartbeat, which is a constant thing that doesn't stop. Just a couple of twitches in a time frame, and they'll count that. That's a plausible heartbeat. But here's, here's the crazy thing. I, and I saw a really great tweet about it talking about this the argument behind why no why men should have no say in abortion and things like that is because it shows just how little men in average actually know about the female body and the female re reproductive system the bill that was just passed makes it illegal to get a, an abortion after your six week date yeah. what they don't realize is that gives a woman a two week window which is ridiculous but think about that in reality. When they say three, six weeks, they in their heads, it's this is a six-week-old bean kind of a thing, and it's already to a certain point. They don't realize what that actually means. Do you understand what actually happens? No, I don't. Yeah, most men don't. This is what actually happens. When you get pregnant, the, most, the, the times that you're most likely to get pregnant is during your period before your period after your period about that's that but about uh, after your period or during your period is usually because that's when the egg drops yeah and the uterine wall goes away so like right before your period like in that area it depends on every woman but that's about the area that you're most likely to get pregnant you yeah. can get like you can get pregnant at any time but that's when it's most likely to happen it does not happen often at any other point usually it's why a woman is technically only fertile x amount of days in the month yeah. So, in a conservative's mind, pregnancy happens at inception, right? At, conception, like the, the conception, yes. yeah, happens at inception. When that inception happens, she'll have no idea until she misses her period. 
because yeah. no sign of pregnancy shows up until then. So that's not going to happen for another four weeks. Because you get a period once a month. Mm -hmm. She's not going to know she's pregnant for four whole weeks. And then her very first sign that she might be pregnant is missing a pregnancy. Or, or, or missing a period. Now here's where it gets complicated and men really don't understand. You can miss your period for almost anything. Yeah. Just being under too much stress can make you miss your period. Normally, it's really regulated and regulated down day. Like, this is the day, this is the hour it's going to happen. And if they get too stressed, if they eat the wrong kinds of foods, if they have an allergy reaction, if they have any of these little itty-bitty medical whatever, they can miss a period for anything. So... In the time it takes for you to miss a period and figure out you're pregnant is actually about two weeks. Because even if you miss your period and immediately go take a test, it usually won't turn up positive. Right. Enough of that actual hormonal difference with the baby has to be happening for it to pick up in your urine. Mm-hmm. So by the time you actually usually figure out you're pregnant, it's about six weeks. So basically, this is a bill that it's not to ban abortion after six weeks. It's to ban abortion, period. It's a banning abortion bill without banning abortion. Jesus. Because you won't even know that you're goddamn pregnant or that you even have the possibility of an abortion until it's too late. That's how little the legislators putting in, the men putting in for this bill, know about the human body and the woman's reproductive system that's just ridiculous but they get to say they get to remove that decision from a woman and her doctor in their office talking about her body and the way that this guy argued about it on CNN was well then that means that any kind of when it's in the female's body is just property property that belongs to someone that they can destroy their will. And the woman basically looked at him and was like, you know what? Like, you can see it in her face. Like, if that's what it takes to get it through to you, yes. Jesus. Because technically, it's my egg. Technically, it's my uterine wall. Technically, it's my property. Yeah. And until it's living, breathing, and doing its own thing on its own... It's nobody's goddamn business but mine. Yeah, exactly. Nobody should be able to get a say on any of that. And, like, of course, saying that I sound like a harsh, you know, murderous kind of person to a conservative, but they've got to understand, not only have I been there and it's awful and whatnot, but I've seen some of these cases where it's people that have been trying to have children. And then they get to a certain point in their pregnancy where they can do very specific needle tests. Yeah. And they find out that there's something that's detrimental to that baby. Or there's something that just will not, like, it's just not going to work. Exactly. And then that mother has to make the decision not to, do I get to live my f life free to have more sex here in a bit, which is how conservatives think about it. It's, I'm going to be responsible for and viable over... A form of life 
that isn't going to really live. That isn't going to really get to experience what life is really about. And I'm going to slack and all that difference. And if I don't, I'm basically giving birth to misery. It's one of those you wouldn't wish things on your worst enemies. Why would you wish them on your children? Why would you wish, th wish them on yourself? You just wouldn't. Exactly. If you truly love that fucking kid and you know that it's just not a good idea, then that's just the, the choice that some of them have to make. You and see. I'm sorry, but that's nobody's fucking business. Exactly. And I'm afraid, honestly, that if the country goes red again, we're all going to wind up like Texas with its fucking abortion laws. Did you hear about this last one? That's where this bill was just passed was in Texas. Yeah, they're, um... Did you read the full penalty for getting an abortion after six weeks? Isn't it death penalty? Yes. So if you get an abortion after six weeks in the state of Texas, you're on death row. Yeah, literally birdcage. Kill the mothers. That'll stop them. God, and people say that we're not living 1984? Well, no, but for real, because think about it. In that case, that's actually kind of insane for some of these mothers who yeah. would die if they gave birth. Exactly. So I... At that damned point, if I do, damned if I don't. I'm dying either way, and on one of them, it's a murder. It's a homicide exactly. by the government. So Texas inadvertently not only just signed so many women their death certificate but they also signed them their suicide certificate yeah it's, it's kind of insane to think about but I have some degree of faith especially in the women of this country that that's not going to stand forever it might stand for a while it might have a really hard fight ahead and it might get worse but like, just like in the fight for weed no this is like, it's just one of those things. While it's so divisive and people get so intense about it. I mean, I say something about abortion and people just flip. And I'm like, and I've had people call me like, oh, you, you, you sanctify baby killing and you enjoy killing babies. You think it's a good thing. And it's like, I think abortion's a tragedy no matter how it happens, no matter when it happens. Every single fucking time. Exactly. And it should happen a whole lot less often than it does. But that does not make it my goddamn right to say it to anybody else. I'm not living their life. I can't make those decisions. I'm also not a goddamn professional. And because I'm neither one of those things, I don't make the goddamn judgment. Exactly. And, like, here's the thing about it that also kind of pisses me off because I was raised Republican, conservative in the household I was, right? But fucking, okay, if this does get turned into a podcast, I'm just going to say this. Fucking conservatives, Republicans, the right-sided people... If you want abortion to stop, legalize birth control. Thank Make you. Make it uh, readily available. How many available. times have I been sitting here screaming about this on Facebook for the fucking world to hear? Like, you, it, especially men in particular. Everyone that, every single guy that gets into my face about abortion, I want to be like, you really want to stop abortion? You want to stop it cold. In yeah, its stop tracks. breeding that. Well, no, no, no. You, you want to stop it cold in its tracks so that it will never fucking happen under any unlethal, unserious, unmedical circumstances ever, ever, ever again. I mean, ever again. I mean, ever again. Yeah. Like, for everybody in the entire country. Period. Dot. You want that that bad, right? Yeah. 
That's what they would want. As you know? soon as every one of your sons reaches the age before puberty, he should have a vasectomy. Period. It can only be reversed when he signs a contract and legally with another woman, whether he's married to or her or not, decides to have that child and they decide what's going to happen to the child before. <coughs> yeah. You want to stop all abortion? That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that might listen to this might think it's extreme, but honestly, no. If you sit down and think about it from a logical standpoint, it makes perfect sense to do that. Either that or find a better version of birth control that no. works. I'm getting I'm getting tired and fed up with that because you know what they just came out with for men? Gel. Yeah, I know. I saw. Gel. We have to get these awful pills that wreck hell on our systems or yeah. we have to get surgically implanted with things that don't even last for the rest of our lives. No, they only last for X amount of time. Or we have to have super invasive surgeries to have something like a vasectomy, a his, you know, we have to get our tubes tied, basically. Ours is way more invasive, way more regroup time, way more chance of dying, all kinds of fucking shit. We've had to go through all of this stuff to regulate what is supposedly our goddamn responsibility. Well, when men can't just control yeah. their fucking ejaculations, that's what's really going on here, is irresponsible ejaculation. It's not irresponsible women exactly. being sluts. Because a woman can only get pregnant two or three days out of a goddamn month on average. A man... Yeah. It's true. Like, shut the... F F F mm. Which also, like when we were watching Legally Blonde and they were talking about the masturbatory emissions could technically be considered abandonment. That's fucking absolutely true. I used to say that stuff to Dustin all the time and argue about it. And he'd be like, well, even in the Bible, better to s spill your seed in the belly of a whore than to pull on the ground. And it's like, well, excuse me, motherfucker, but a stomach full of semen never produced anything but a disgusting shit, you dumbass. So excuse you for your God telling you that that's what's supposed to be going on. But if you're going to be so goddamn particular about one of your little swimmers getting into my egg, then all your other little swimmers you should be just as fucking responsible over. Yeah, it's true. And if it's really that fucking serious, then every time you jerk off, it's a slaughter. Yeah, because you don't really think about it when you're doing it, but... After you're done, usually the average amount of sperm, it's only like one to two teaspoons realistically, but it's millions and millions of possible children. Yeah, you're literally causing an entire, like, genocide, you can even think of it, every time you jerk off. Yeah, And here's exactly. the crazy thing also about pregnancy. You can literally jerk off on a train, sitting next to a woman, and get her pregnant. Yeah. That's actually happened. I've heard about that. Yeah, one of these disgusting guys that like to jerk off on you on the train jerked off on a bitch on the train and she got pregnant and now he's suing for custody. He wants huh? visitation and he wants stuff from it. It's like, excuse you? But no, see, that's... Uh, and I hate people that are like, well, if women were just a little bit more responsible. 
bitch if women were a little bit more responsible. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how uh, I could be the most responsible motherfucker on the planet and still get raped. Let's talk about that rape could still produce a child. Let's talk about the fact that if I were to sit here and play with myself all day, it wouldn't matter. I could literally be coming 24-7. I would never produce a child. It takes somebody fucking jerking off that dick to make it. And it has to have that fucking act to fucking seal anything like this. It's almost like an act of violence. Yeah. That's what it's turned into. Yeah. Instead of this beautiful thing that creates life, it's an act of violence against people. We literally, I mean, think of, just think about it for a second. Our entire porn industry, our entire sex industry, is literally based around the money shot. Yeah, it's true. And the money shot is literally slaughtering thousands of untold potential lives on the face of pretty girls. It's almost like an act of violence. Like a spit in the face kind of a thing. Only yeah. that spit is killing how many potential lives? How many potential Christians? <laughs> Jesus! Right, like now I just want to get like a big billboard of some cum stained whore and fucking shove it in some goddamn conservative bunch of people's oh, faces no. and just literally, literally Honestly, <laughs> I think. be like, is this all your potential millions, Christians? Like, really? I mean, Which one of these ones was supposed to cure cancer? Which one of these is the return Jesus? I mean, I really like the way the system of a down put it best. I know you don't like them, but their whole thing was violent pornography, choking chicks and sodomy. And it relates to this because, like, if you think about it, it's true. Because not only are you committing genocide, but like we were talking about earlier, porn, if you watch it constantly, you have to keep getting crazier and crazier to get anywhere, otherwise you're not going to get off. So, with those two combined... I think it also leads to a lot of men just thinking they can do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah. Porn has definitely become something like a toxic drug that is literally eroded away a lot of stuff. And not just for men. Women, too. Yeah. But it's eroded away a lot of shit. Like, you know, and of course, me growing up as a Mormon, people are going to roll their eyes and be like, well, can I grew up in the only state that makes porn a fucking public crisis? But, <laughs> but this is also coming from, I, I'm a person who's a porn connoisseur. I've sold porn. I've yeah. helped do porn. I've done all kinds of, like, it's not that big of an ethical thing to me to film people fucking. It really isn't. But Right. But there's a difference The problem between... is the industry standard versus, I mean, it's actually amazing if, if you look into some of the things that we're doing now with porn. There are now ethical porn sites. Which is an interesting concept to think about. Yeah, porn that is made with ethical boundaries and things like that in mind. Like, if they're being paid, the woman is paid as much as the man. Uh, if they're, Like, all kinds of different ways that yeah. it's, like, completely ethical porn. Like, she's not degraded. But, but, like, the funny thing is, is that if you compare most of those sites to the porn sites that we usually use, that those sites are very softcore. It's true. And most porn is a lot more hardcore. I mean, thank God we're finally coming out of the era of butt. 
butt everything. Yeah, butt sex, butt fucking, butt everything. It's been like, oh my god, get over the asshole. I am so done with all of this anal bullshit. But it's corroded away a lot of those things and made it so it's it's cheapened it. it it's it's like what used to be a gourmet make it at home delicious meal is now just fast food and we don't fucking think about it it's automatic yeah that's true so that's kind of where it's, it's devalued like your sperm is really devalued like if you take like the show that we're watching game of thrones back then yeah people were fucking all the time because they're bored and shit like that but they also thought of their seed as literally like their power the warriors, the longer that they could go on without, like, like the night of the watch, how they're not supposed to have sex. Yeah. The longer you could do that, the more powerful you were because you were maintaining all of your chi and your testosterone or whatever. So it's like, we don't have that anymore. It's get rid of it as fast as possible. Sell it literally like blood for extra money. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another that. fluid that we produce that it, it, it's like snot or shit. It's not the same stuff anymore. Which is why I think men are so fucking irresponsible and reckless with it. They need to realize, <coughs> as amazing as the female reproductive system is for creating life, they need to realize that that's the juice that makes it kind of a thing, and you've got to fucking treat it with some goddamn respect already. Yeah. I realize that you're going to, you know, paint your bed with it several times when you're a teenager and you're a kid and you're asleep and all that kind of shit, but there's no reason for you to be constantly throwing it like confetti, in Russell Brand's words. Yeah, and like, my friend from back home, my friend Alex, actually made a very good point about something, because he was talking to me about society one day, and I was, we were kind of chatting back and forth, and he made the point that if all people were raised like they were in medieval times with an honor code the world wouldn't just be a better place we'd have more respect right yeah that's kind of it, it this is actually another joe rogan uh introversion introspection thing that he did where he was talking to this guy and they were talking about how japan has the most people and has the best honor code and the best they teach those kids early on what honor means what dignity yeah. means what humility is what that stuff means in general, how to respect your elders, how to respect your the area that you live and your environment and the people in it. They're one of the most respectful, moral societies on the planet. Yeah, they They're are. also one of the most miserable. For some reason, all of that morality mm -hmm. makes them miserable as fuck. Yeah. It's part of why I kind of think, like, yeah, we should raise kids to have moral codes we should like every kid should be taught how to meditate okay agreed like preschool instead of nap time let's have meditation time yeah kind of that that sort of thing like yeah, while, so you while, can while actually... we should have that I don't think that, that should be the erroneous goal of our reality because to me that makes weak headed Christian people it's the That's same true. kind of a thing you need that kind of fire and passion and extreme stuff but you need it in the right stuff we're getting it in the wrong stuff because that's the part of the human experience there's a reason why game of thrones with all of its rape and incest and gratuitous violence is the most popular show there is a part of us an animal part of us that we don't like to admit that gets off on that shit 
and has to be satiated in order for a decent human experience where you actually understand the full veracity and splendor of life. If you don't understand what sides of the scale exist, how are you going to understand the world in scale at all? How are you going to experience life and actually know in your heart the difference between when you're truly happy or when you're just experiencing the side effect of something? Yeah, that's that's definitely a big part of it. So I think that, that you know, it's nice to paint this utilitarian world where we all get together, or not utilitarian, the utopian world, where we all get together and we're all great and we're all nice and we're all kumbaya, but that's going to detract wildly from it. Think about it like the gift. Okay. Then your life becomes what? Shit. Boring. Just kind of eh. You're just living. You're just a part of a cog and a wheel and a... And yeah, a part, to a degree, we're made for that too. We're also completely tribal, communal, yeah. social creatures. But not in that sense. That's like we're creating a whole new factory to feed. But it's still a factory. Get out yeah. of the factory. Get back into real life. You're going to have to have extreme sexual experiences to understand your uh, the nuances of sexuality. You're going to have to have extreme physical experiences to understand the nuances of the physical materialistic world. You're going to have to have extreme emotional experiences to understand the nuance of emotion. Yeah, that's definitely true. So why softcore the world? That doesn't actually lead to better people. That leads to dumber people. That leads to sheepy people that are just existing. They're not living, they're, they're not eating to live, they're living to eat, they're not living, which, they're existing. Yeah. Which is where the whole concept of something like a purge would actually come in handy to help people, I think. Maybe, but I think trying to restrain the human experience to one night a year would be fucking insane. You'd have to do something more along the lines of one night a week, I think. Or maybe once a month. Something closer to what pagans used to do. Okay. That's why a lot of their festivals, like every month there's one super festival that's attributed to the heavens and the zodiac and the way the seasons are. That's because that would be the oh. most natural time that they had found over time for humans to release that energy and to mm -hmm. do certain things. And certain times of the year were perfect for certain kinds of energy, like most of the fertility stuff happening in Easter and spring. That's the perfect time for humans to express extreme sexual energy. Violent energy is more of an autumn Halloween thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then survival, just get through it, but the ex kind of extremes and in, in the depression side of things, that happens in winter. And then the rebirth version of things where things are still unknown and all that, that's the beginning of... Uh, like January, February, March, and then you get into spring and summer. Like, there's different times where people, when they had no stimulation over thousands and thousands of years, figured out that it's good to release certain kinds of energy or to do certain kinds of things. It's kind of why I still respect more of the pagan, not just white pagan, but indigenous kind of nomadic styles of belief in certain things like that. Because I think that there was an intrinsic, naturalistic truth to it. I think that would have to be closer to what we would do. It'd have to be 
not religion, but societal, cultural events that were all united and tied to certain kinds of energy that corresponded to the environments. Yeah. It's more complex than just a purge. That's a really interesting but basic bitch idea. That one night a year could solve that release for everybody. That's idiotic. Because well, then that means that the people that are psychopaths, they're going to be spending 364 days a year learning how to make that one day a year epic while everyone else uh, lives their life and then just tries to survive. That creates a huge divide. And like almost class warfare level of unfair bullshit. Not for Jordan Park. It would have to be more like we all unite under different kinds of energy release. Under rules that we all kind of agreed to. I mean, yeah, I can, I can see that. I'm gonna stop now because I need to use the bathroom. Oh, I see. That. Well, do you want me to just leave it going? Leave me talking to myself like an idiot in here. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. If it stops, <coughs> just press record again. I'm not sure why it's what been stopping so much. What do you want me so to much. talk about? Anything. No, literally anything. I don't care. No, like, do what we were talking about, though. Like, what was the original... Become a brand new energy drink. Bang fueled your destiny. That is such a dirty joke. <laughs> to anyone who doesn't understand, it's because bang fuel. Most energy drinks, as most people don't want to <laughs> admit, that they have a bowl semen in them. That's what taurine is. So bang fuel your destiny, really? Bang fuel. <laughs> and it's rainbow unicorn bang fuel with that. Must be 18 years old of age. To, yeah, I bet you must be 18 years of age to consume this sperm. <laughs> Ethically. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. I never thought about how not only do we see sperm as kind of like snot, and we don't value it anymore, even though it does create human life. <laughs> and we put it in things good lord but for some reason we deem it special enough that only 18 year olds and older can have it like alcohol <laughs> that's kind of funny maybe that's what we should do is make sperm a substance you can't have <laughs> No. <laughs> no. They're gonna build a prison. They're gonna build a prison? What? Yeah, it came to my mind because I've been, I hate to admit this, but at work recently I've been listening to a lot of System of a Down. Of course you have before. Because I fucking love System of a Down. I, I just do. I can't explain it. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. All you but no. downheads can't. But no, it's just, it's interesting because... Like, if you listen to a lot of their songs, yeah, they're politically based, but a lot of them are still relevant to today. Like, before Violent Pornography on that album, it's called The Prison Song, and it's about how drugs are enslaving America. Mm-hmm. And how corporations are using the money from those drugs to fuel secret wars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Anyways, 
Yes, they're gonna build a prison. Mm-hmm. For you and me. Uh-huh. But go on, what were you saying before I came in now? Nothing. <laughs> no, 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 go on. What? Tell me. Well, I was just thinking you were talking to myself, like, well, what am I gonna talk about? And then I was like, I know what I'll talk about. I'll talk about this fucking can. <laughs> Bang, fuel your destiny. And then I thought to myself, give me the can. I want to show you something really funny on it really quick. Okay. Bang, fuel your destiny, right? Yeah. What did it say? Because I thought I saw it actually say taurine on it. I think it says taurine on it somewhere here. But anyway, I started talking about the taurine thing, and then I looked here. Yeah, 18. I was like, that's interesting. We were just talking about how we don't value sperm anymore. It's more like snot and stuff like that. Yet it's a special enough substance that we retain it for 18-year-olds only. Makes me wonder. Sperm can only be had by 18-year-olds kind of a thing because, like, not only taurine, but think about it, you can't have sex until you're 18. Technically. Under laws, yeah. Yeah, under most laws. So think about it. Sperm is a regulated substance, like a drug, like alcohol, that we literally regiment by year, by age. We don't treat it like it's really anything, and you can sell it literally like your blood to government-fucking-funded institutions. But it's, re- it's a substance that's special enough that we regulate it like a drug to only 18 years or older people. Jesus. That's interesting to think about on some levels, actually. What if that's part of the solution? Obviously, you can't outlaw semen because every man makes it. Yeah. And sometimes doesn't make it on purpose or whatever. But what if you had certain contrabands on it? Okay. And you know how you can see semen in almost, like, anything with that fucking light? Think about it. It'd be a super easy thing to actually regulate, unlike weed. That's true. It's weird, but it's true. Like, what if, if it's proven they could literally fine you for non-accidental emissions? Okay, yeah, I can I can see that. Like, if they purposely prove that you jacked off somewhere, you could literally get fined for it. Jesus. To make guys, like, value their sperm again or something. And realize they have to be responsible about it. That's a weird thought, but it's... <laughs> it's definitely interesting to think about. Because, yeah, if you regulate and tax the shit out of sperm because it's a naturally occurring thing, you're basically making money for nothing. Yeah, but of course your brain jumped to the money you could make in the process. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but think about it. What if... And just bear with me. What if every fucking time under that law a dude ejaculated, right, and it was on purpose, he got fined, like, something like a hundred bucks, okay? I was thinking five hundred, but... Okay, somewhere in there. But let's say that 90% of that goes back into the community. That would let's be the... Let's say 90% of that goes to feeding, caring, homing, clothing, children who are orphans, unwanted, or foster children who are not covered by adoption yet. Do you fix the fucking system that those fucking accidental emissions actually created in the first place? Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. Done sold to women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you don't have to worry about, you know, tracking him down for child support because every man is paying your child support with his stupid dick. Yeah. Of course. Sold. Women would get on that so hard. Of course, another thing that... I was actually talking to one of the truck drivers who came through the other day. One of the actually intelligent ones that I get to talk to, like, all the fucking time. He's one of my regulars. I fucking love talking to him sometimes. <coughs> but he actually made a good point. He was like, you know, I don't understand why we don't put a 10% tax on corporations and their owners. Because if we did that and then put the money towards somewhere where we would actually need it, we could bail ourselves out of a lot of shit. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense about business. But I was actually just thinking... Love me. Damn it. I hate those moments. It was a really great thought. Do you want me to backtrack? What was I thinking about? We were talking about men being fined for ejaculations yeah, and having that good woman. I was thinking it would make men value their sperm. Oh, right! Yeah, okay. So, think about it this way, too. That would actually help, I think with what one of the actual severe problems against men is. So you know how we're, you know, we're talking a lot about how, you know, this sexism and shit against wisdom, wisdom, against women is really uh, insane with in regard to reproductive rights and stuff like that. Yeah. And, of course, I don't believe in the whole red blur kind of Jew. But it's, again, Joe Rogan. It's one of the only places where men really can claim discrimination in its custody. Custody battles are intense, and they usually favor the mother. Our criminal system, in when it comes to custody and things like that, generally favors the mother. And sometimes that can be very toxic and unfortunate for the man. I've seen that happen firsthand, too, where the woman is legit crazy and using her children as weapons, not as people. And so, like, stuff like that... If you think about it, one of the reasons why they have such problems in, cust in custody battles is because when you put all of the responsibility on the woman for the pregnancy and for the raising of the child and for everything, you take away <coughs> the importance of any kind of role the father would play in the first place. And yeah, we, we realize that single moms can fucking do it all day to the bank. They can raise good kids and shit like that. That's not the fucking, you know question in a sense it's more kids function better with both parents and when two people have your best interests in your heart it's usually better odds for you that's true and so if you were to just take it from that basic kind of um perspective if you made it so your sperm was super valuable again and you were being super responsible for it and you were being responsible for every single time you had an emission that would go a long way in shifting the theology and the narrative of custody cases and ensuring men more custody and visitation rights. Yeah, that's... Because they'd be seen as more responsible for actual parenting and having, instead of being, this happened to me and I'm a victim, it's this is something that I realize and that I'm responsible for, which means that I'm responsible enough to be a part of that life. Yeah. That would start to shift some of the narrative in their favor in some of these hardcore custody cases. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. It also might change a lot of men's behaviors about how they act and how they kind of step up to fatherhood or not, which could totally 
like rejuvenate the the system uh, that's oppressing them right now on that level, and that could help them in the long run, not women, men. Yeah, I can totally see that. Actually, I should have been a politician. Well, never too late. Apparently, I, I just came up with an idea that I could sell to men and women. Ha! Okay. I should have been a lawyer. But no, it, it seems so easy and simple to me. That, that Why aren't we doing this all the time? Why? <laughs> How am I the... I can't be... I know I'm not the only person that's had this line of thought. This has to be happening at least with some... Not like 5%. It's got to be like 20, 30% of the populace. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe that I'm the only person that's having that. No, it's got to be a lot of us. But why isn't that at all in the narrative that I've seen anywhere, even on, you know, like, underground tweets that become viral for this kind of shit. Good question. Anyway, I think it's an interesting idea. It's all the same. Vasectomy is for everybody, though. (laughs) Like, free vasectomy today. With your pickup of, you know, kindergarten lunch. Jesus. At this point, I don't give a fuck. If you're willing to cut off your baby, part of your baby's fucking dick, just to make his dick look like yours, so that maybe he'll be a, a better person or something like that, then please go inside his ball sack and cut off a couple of fucking veins, like they do, and make it so that he can't fucking have kids until he's fully responsible. Like, give your kid the best present ever. Not just a nice pornography ready dick. But one that can't have babies until it's ready. God, we are gonna get so much hate on this. Like, I give a fuck. I know, but still. Like, I'm sorry, but let's, like, reverse the roles for a minute. What if it was that men were responsible for, like, let's take the, the, just the, the, the genital systems of reproduction and switch them. Nothing else. Just that. Okay. And you would have millions of men who right now would be screaming at me, screaming the exact opposite. Because, I'm sorry, the, the, the kind of shit that I'm talking about is yeah. a tenth of what they've put on women throughout history. So yeah. quite frankly, I don't want to hear it. Okay. You've been tra- They've been trying to literally cut our clitorises off. So a shut. Yeah. One little vasectomy. A hundred million little vasectomies. Does not phase me. <laughs> it just does not. Not when I, I think about what it saves. I mean, it's, even when you compare the processes of the two procedures, you try and do it for a woman... The exact same t- type of procedure, 20 times more invasive. Yeah. How many more times likely to kill? How many more times likely to cause problems? Not, not just, like, yeah, it could succeed, but it could not succeed. That's the thing. Not all vasectomies and mastectomies and stuff like that take. Yeah. Not all of them work. It's far less likely that men will have 
side effects and problems than it is for women. Women could have all kinds of side effects and problems. Women could literally lose feeling, all kinds of fucking shit. Because it has to get deep in there. But for a guy, it's literally hanging off your leg and all they have to do is make a tiny, it's not even, I'm not kidding, because it's so fucking sensitive and it's so thin, just the smallest thing. They go in there, have you ever seen it done? No. I've seen a surgical video of this done because I'm one of those people <clears throat> like I've seen I've I've seen videos of some of these insane abortions. They make me sick to my stomach. But I had to see it if I was going to talk so insistently and, and, and know what I was talking about with the courage of my convictions kind of a thing. I've seen a vasectomy. It's not that big of a fucking deal. Yeah. It's literally hanging there, they take this one little thing, they go in there with these itty bitty little fucking like smaller than tweezers. Yeah. Fifteen minutes and you're done. Yeah, it's an outpatient procedure, right? But yeah, and the worst side effect you're looking at is maybe you might lose a testicle. You have two. Most yeah. people. Yeah. If not three. Perfectly fine. You're not going to lose anything. Heals ridiculously less painful, less invasive. Way easier to reverse at the same time. Yeah. No, I know what the fuck I'm... I looked at It's nothing... There is no comparison. So when you take the comparison of everything that they've tried to do to women's vaginas and uterine systems and... And, and the, the, the... I mean, what they don't realize is that pregnancy in itself, one of the symptoms of pregnancy, could be death. Yeah. Definitely. The likelihood that a sim the symptom of death to your pregnancy is ridiculously higher than death of vasectomy. Yeah. They don't compare. You can't compare them. And if you gave everybody a vasectomy and stopped all of the unwanted abortion, full stop, isn't that saving lives? Yeah, I can see that. So if we're willing to literally save lives on the level that we let women go death penalty for breaking an abortion thing, then why the fuck aren't we considering a vasectomy for everybody? That is ridiculously less money, less time, less death, less side effects, less problems. Yeah. yeah and, and, and why isn't it the reality and why isn't it the focus of the fucking argument? Because that would require something on the pain and sacrifice and part of men. Oh. And they don't see pregnancy as their responsibility and their problem. Which is retarded. Yeah, it's the woman's problem. Just like if, it's the, if a woman's raped, it's her responsibility in some way. Like, she is somehow responsible for it. It's that fucking ma mentality. It's bullshit. It's not reality. And so anyone that wants to come at me and argue about it, oh, let's argue about it, motherfucker. <laughs> like, come on. Not only that, but especially with when you consider a lot of the things that we are testing for now when it comes to people trying to have a baby. <clears throat> if you want to have a baby that doesn't have problems, it's better to go in and get the testing done first and know exactly what you do first before you get pregnant. So, in the end, we're also... Not only are we going to have every baby is wanted, 
cared for, planned for, and has someone that is willing to accept total responsibility, even if one of them changes their minds. Someone in that setting is willing to accept total responsibility for this child. We're also going to have ridiculously healthier babies. Yeah. You're not going to have babies that have all of these problems. Because in order to go in and have the baby, and get, they have to go in and get the vasectomy reversed. In order to do that, do whatever kind of quick test it takes to make sure that the chances of you having certain kinds of babies aren't going to happen. And if they are, they have gene therapy now. They're working on versions where they literally thera- they, 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 um, therapeutically interject with th- these genes where they can literally change the DNA. They splice sometimes. Okay. And put other de- like they can literally do versions of gene therapy now that in ten years is going to make it so that we don't have Down syndrome kids anymore. That's interesting. Kind of that. That's the kind of level of stuff. So when you think about it, it's actually ridiculously better for the man and the man's health in that sense too, because then whatever child he has, it's not just a child that it, it, it's not a child that could ever be considered an accident. Or it just happened to somebody. And that child is going to be the best child you could ever have. Yeah. The best version possible with this person. Yeah, I can see that. Would that not make more men also want to be more responsible fathers at the same time? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. How many problems is this solving? Literally. Apparently a but, lot. But we shouldn't fucking talk about it because, ooh, surgery on a man's balls. No, no. <laughs> My ass. Mr. Garrison! Girl, I, I will go full Cartman if it fucking gets this into people's heads. Cartman, what did you say? <clears throat> I said, you can suck my balls, Mr. Garrison! I think it would also be a good idea on some levels for trans kids, too. Okay. If you do certain levels of that, then kids who eventually learn that they're going to be transitioning, uh, especially the men, they won't have to worry about certain levels of You know, like the trans men that we have now that, like, on uh, Transparent, where he's a father instead of getting to be a mother. Yeah. Yeah, then you wouldn't have that. Which, wouldn't that go to conservative ideology of how do I explain to my kid, or how do you tell your kid that you're trans or you're gay or something like that? Well, if you do that kind of stuff before you have the kid. (laughs) Yeah. I can see that. And you have a kid that's not going through an environment that's hell and stressed out and marks them for life. That trauma never happens to that kid. All kinds of stuff that is beneficial. Plus, this is a, the, one of the only ways that I think it's going to control our population. Because too many children are being procured by accident or whatever. We have so many kids that don't have homes 
that are starving and shit like that. It's like, no, every single kid... Like, it's kind of funny to me, too. Like, whenever I get into abortion, the conservatives love to come after me and be like, so you're a baby killer and you, you like killing babies and you don't like human life and you think human life is a waste and we shouldn't try and save every single life. And it's like, are you kidding me? I think that not only should we save every single life, we should give every single life a good life. Yeah. And that's kind of like my point is... How do you get to the point where abortion doesn't happen? Where you don't kill the child anymore? You can't do it the way that we've always done it. You can't put the onus on the woman. We've done that for how many million of years and it doesn't work. We now have the science and the ability to change that for the first time in human history. And it's considered preposterous because bro. Like, no. I want it so that every single child that is brought into this world is absolutely planned on, wanted, prepared for, responsible environment, responsible life, people who have already taken care of their health shit, who have already taken care of their other shit, who are ready to dedicate the appropriate amount of time and energy to raising decent human beings yeah. to the best of their ability to the best of their genetic potential to the best of their life potential that's what I want I want every single child to have a parent that they I mean think about it. I'm adopted Yeah. I would have given anything for a face to look into that I recognized. We've actually talked about this scientifically. That is incredibly jarring and incredibly detrimental, actually, to consider foster kids and adopted. And that's what makes like this immigration shit at the border so intense to think about. If you don't have faces that look like yours around you, you develop your brain differently. Yeah. There are certain areas of your brain that don't develop because you're adopted. Because you don't recognize a single face around you. You feel like an alien. I want every kid to be able to look into a face as soon as they're born that they see themselves in, that loves them, and that is totally ready and prepared to be the best parent possible. And the only way I can see getting closer to that, besides changing the theology and the narrative, is vasectomies. Yeah. Or some other way of permanent or continual birth control that is reasonably manageable and isn't expensive or crazy to get your hands on. That it can be widely available to every male on the planet, eventually, that stops some of these problems in their tracks. It's the only kind of solution I can see at this point. I mean, how else do you get out of that? Besides doing some version of South Park hell where you literally terraform Mars and jail all the men. Okay. 
There's actually a case for that. I mean, think about it. Men cause all the war. Men cause all the serious, big destruction. They're the most dangerous super predator the planet has ever known. Yeah, that's true. And to some degree, they can't help it because that's literally how they're wired. And how they're hormonally adjusted, in a way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, there's an argument for cowing men. Well, then. In fact, there's one of the reasons why that argument came into uh, view for our entire planet is these societies that they found that were run by women. Yeah. That were that had the men in these super submissive. Okay, you need to stop. Sorry. In those super submissive kind of roles and things like that, that were almost utopian. Okay. They were just as barbaric as any of the other barbaric tribes that were living in the area, but it was like they didn't have the extreme war. They didn't have the extreme mm-hmm. poverty. They didn't have the the rape and the pillage and the and they didn't have any of that. They had functional communities where the men were the housemakers, and the women went out and, and hunted and fought and stuff like that. But the the men were the ones who stayed at home and taught the children and became super involved fathers and they were working perfectly fine. They were amazing societies. Okay. That didn't have the level of war and death that a lot of the other, because what happens in those societies is that they end up (coughs) going to war over other tribes when it comes to power grabs, land grabs, resource grabs, things like that, where it came to these women tribes, they just weren't doing that because whenever it got to that point, the women would rather talk about how they could, everybody could benefit rather than everybody die or die and follow me or or, or follow me unless you die. Yeah. Because our brains are just more wired that way. Men are wired to fix solutions to an end point. Women are wired to find... How do I say? What's the word? Like, cohabitable... Like, the, the women are... are compromise. Women are, are, are wired to find compromise. Okay. Like, we'd rather find a compromise that works for everything or every, and everybody, whereas men are interested in their interests and their passions and whatnot and solving problems. Okay. So they're more like means justify the end and we have to get to the end of it, whereas women are, well, let's think about beyond the end. Let's think about compromising for everybody and everything gets out. Yeah. I'm sorry, my brain is fried. <laughs> yeah, I can kind of see it on your face. You're just kind of like, this is too much. <laughs> right now, yeah, I need a little bit to get my brain back. Why? Is it just too much information or just 
No, it's because right when I woke up today, right, I put the wrong things in my body first. Like, I didn't have water first. I didn't have any of that first. You gotta realize, before I had an apple, I actually had some of those mashed potatoes I made last night. Oh, okay. So you're kind of all... You're crashing yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Whereas I'm totally not. Yeah, because I started off my day with carbs. I started my day off with veggies. Well then. Although I did, because it's the day before our anniversary, I did add an extra tablespoon of barbecue sauce to the vegetables. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I made it so good, dude. Oh, my God. That's why I had to have you take it away from me, is because it's like, girl, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'd want to pick Am at I it. Am I rubbing off on you a little bit? Are you enjoying that barbecue sauce? That barbecue sauce. Well, only because it's, I like my vegetables in sauce, and you didn't get sauce. I know, I forgot to do that. I am learning how to get better at this, though. Okay. But no, my, my brain's fried, so we might need to stop for a bit. Go back to the show? Well, yes. Okay, I love you. I love you.